Today's show is brought to you by BarkBox.com. Get one free extra month of BarkBox at GetBarkBox.com slash profit. Now, it's time to get profitable. This is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg. there profiteers welcome to the personal profitability podcast episode number 74 as always i am your host eric rosenberg and today we are talking all about building an audience around your personal brand or business brand whichever one you are focusing on so you know as we've talked about and and discussed in the past it doesn't matter if you want to become an entrepreneur or a startup founder and build an online business you should always be worried about your brand and how people perceive you online. In a recent episode with Stephanie Lahart, that was episode number 73 last week, we talked about, you know, building your personal brand, you know, in terms of your website and, and social media, specific tactics like that. Today we're gonna take a step back and sit down with our guest, someone who I actually also met at Podcast Movement, but we did not record there. And our guest is Dennis Langley. And Dennis was a pro BMX rider, which is a awesome you know, background in history. I didn't know a whole lot about what life is like on the road for BMXers, and Dennis has some awesome stories for us today. But what he learned when the Great Recession ended and a lot of his sponsor dollars dried up as a pro BMXer, there's a lot more you can do to build an income than just go sit at a desk and work for the man. And, you know, as someone who has formerly worked for the man and been the man, I am, uh, you know, I, I sympathize with that. That's, you know, the route that I tried to take with my life in, you know, building my online brand and my business and hopefully listeners like you of this podcast. So today we're going to learn how you can, you know, leverage your past experience to build your online brand. You know, in Dennis's case, his background made it a lot lot easier you know he had those connections from his pro bmx days but we can all take lessons out of this that we can build into our lives and our strategies so whether you're trying to land that next awesome job or that next awesome sponsor or just grow your brand dennis has awesome tips for you and we will dive into those in one minute right after this Longtime listeners probably have heard from special guests Yogi and Tribble. Yes, I'm talking about my dogs that bark in the background sometimes, but even though they might speak up when I don't want to hear them on the podcast, they're still part of the family just like the rest of us. So for my dogs, I want to give them the best treats. And that's what BarkBox is all about. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. If you want to get one free month, head to getbarkbox.com profit and see what your dog might enjoy. You might have a little fun with it too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with Dennis Langley, who has a very cool history in pro sports and business and podcasting and everything in between. So Dennis, are you ready to get profitable? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I'm excited to have you here. So tell us about your history and how you became a pro athlete. Well, I started out actually wanting to be actually a baseball player, believe it or not. <laughs> like little kids, uh, I you know grew up watching the Boston Red Sox. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Just, just totally inspired by watching them on television. 
uh, went to practice one day and I saw this gentleman on a bike, on a BMX bike, uh, doing tricks. And I was like, this is absolutely cool. So I started doing tricks with this guy and it was addicting. And, and two reasons why I became a BMX bike rider versus continuing on in baseball is I had five kids in my family. My parents were running around trying to take care of us all. And I would likely to be stuck at baseball practice till like seven o'clock at night. I was like the only one left. Nobody could pick me up. And my, either my sister would have to try to or send a friend or my parents were working. So it just kind of like became a burden on me and the family. And it was kind of difficult to deal with. So I ended up riding bikes more and more. I could you know, it was self-reliant. I was able to just do all these amazing stunts. And and it kind of came to a point where I had to switch. I had to decide, well, professional athlete or go the baseball route. And I decided to ride bikes. And soon enough, I was traveling the world, sponsored by Pepsi-Cola, GT, mountain bikes, all these different companies. Um, it was really exciting, really, really special opportunity to be able to do that. Do you have any favorite memory from a specific event or competition or trip you took that just stands out among all the rest? You know, it's a good one. Uh, you know, I travel, I was traveling at 16, 17, 18 years old around the world. This would never happen nowadays, but they threw us on these trains in Europe and we we're trying to find this exit called Mainz, M-A-I-N-Z. And little to our note, there was several exits on this train route in Europe that had that name. So we ended up in a wrong country. Two of us were 16 and 18 years old in the wrong country <laughs> at the wrong location. And we ended up in Germany instead of Holland, I believe. And you know, you know, we had maybe about 40 bucks in our pockets and nobody spoke English. And it was just, I, I, I'm surprised we didn't get scared. Like we were literally stuck in the middle of the world with bike bags, 40 bucks in our pocket and somehow some way we end up directed to a, a consulate and getting a hold of somebody in America who then got a hold of people that we were going to see. So it's kind of like scary, but exciting at the same time. That's a fun memory. I, I was in Paris a few years ago with a friend and pardon my French, I will butcher the word. We were at a station trying to figure out where we were just to figure out where we were going next on the way to some museum or something. My friend said, oh, we're at the Sortier station. Like Sortier, I guess is the word, which I figured out really quickly was French for exit. So you uh, have to be careful there. I still make fun of her for that. Anytime we're by an exit, I'm like, oh, we're at the exit station. <laughs> so... You just get so self-reliant on everybody speaking English and things in English. And oh, I yeah. mean, yeah, I've had other situations where we, you know, try to get gas. We couldn't figure out how to use a gas pump. <laughs> and I measuring mean, in liters like, versus gallons. You know, we do everything crazy here in the U.S. We're the, we're the odd man out in almost everything in the world. <laughs> but so you had these you know, great adventures as a bicycle athlete. How did your career unfold over time? Did you, you know, stick with, were you on a circuit? What was the, you know, the financial relationship like? How did you make a living as a bicycle athlete? So as a podcaster, you probably are very aware of this. You know, you, you have to get good enough, first off. I'm obviously, I, I got to a level where I was uh, noticed. Um, I became a celebrity. And you now have to take advantage of that. So being in podcasting, we're, we're growing our audiences, we're getting the thousands and thousands of views, and then you get noticed. And or you can propose that you are noticed to people and you, they start paying you all this thing called money. And uh, so as an athlete, graciously, I was in the, the magazines, on television, so, so I was starting to get proposals from different bike manufacturers or sneaker manufacturers who would say, listen, we want to pay you to go to Venezuela or we want to pay you a monthly stipend to use these wheels right here or these tires or these sunglasses. Um, so then you start building up a portfolio of sponsorships that kind of cap on top of each other. So, Hey, you know, well, you know, you want to sponsor me, but right now currently I'm getting sponsored this rate of amount here and it just kind of escalates and escalates. And, and I'll be honest, 
um, I did not take advantage of that as much. I know so much more about it now. I mean, I'm a fellow podcaster. I understand the whole system now, but I know as a podcaster, you have to create the celebrity. As an athlete, I wanted to be the best bike rider I could possibly be. I didn't really think of sponsors. They were more of a, a nuisance to me than anything. I was like, okay, yeah, you want to sponsor, but I want to be the best bike rider in the world. So I, I did not take advantage of the celebrity and it cost me literally millions of dollars by not doing that. And if there's anybody out there that's trying to do something um, and it revolves around building off your celebrity, do not make that mistake. I guess it's it's kind of a catch-22, right? Like you want to be the best bike rider and you want to focus on that. But at the same time, you have to get paid. You have to pay your bills. You have to buy your houses and so on and so forth. So you have to kind of understand the celebrity factor. And that's something I did not do. And now I understand it, but it was many years too late. So speaking of now, I know you no athlete can stay at the top of their game forever. Eventually, age starts to wear on the joints and things, and you have to move on to the next phase in your life. And we know in you know the the big you know the big four sports like football, baseball, basketball, hockey. Um, hopefully, they save up enough in their five ten years that they're in the pros that they can you know ride it out and live on that for the rest of their life. What was it like for you? Were you saving a lot? Did you have a big plan for what you were going to do as your BMX career wound down? Or how did you navigate that? Well, similar to um, a lot of businesses, the economy kind of got whacked pretty good. Sponsors dried up and I was kind of forced out of being a professional because now I'm older and I have more responsibilities. So I, um, I just could not afford to compete around the world any, any longer. So I had to start something on my own. I first started going to college, and that didn't really work out too well for me. But I still had all this built-up celebrity, so to speak, to where people were approaching me for different contracts. And I was at at one point, I was turning them down and saying, "Hey, you know, this guy over here might be a better fit. You know, it's not enough pay for me." Um, but then I was like, "Well, now it's enough pay for me." <laughs> so I started taking these little contracts, like doing these special events where I'd actually show up and do an appearance and do some stunts for. Um, a, a grand opening of a store or for a school or something like that. And it kind of grew and grew and grew. And I said, that, well, there's a need for this. And I started doing school assemblies and literally hundreds, if not thousands of them a year across the country, building this business off of this talent I had. So instead of competing now, I'm showing off. So now I became this presenter and I wrapped it around education. I wrapped it around specific needs or funding that was available and created this massive uh, movement of doing what we call BMX shows today. So we would go to schools and fairs, and Microsoft would have a new product they would offer. They'd have entertainment before that, so we'd be this entertainment, and we got paid to do it that way. So instead of sponsors, we now we're getting paid for our entertainment value. So how did you find these types of events? Obviously, there's a lot of different ways that you could be in front of a crowd, maybe as a speaker, you know, motivational speaker or an entertainer, athlete. You know, there's there's different routes to get in front of audiences. How do you find the companies or schools that are looking to hire someone with your skill set? So in the case of the schools, it was working. I then started, you know, purchasing at the time uh, databases in regards to addresses, mailing to them and doing uh, mailings. Nowadays, you can do email blasts. We used to do uh, mailings and then faxing got popular. We started doing fax broadcasts. Um, God, those things used to cost so much money. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, back in the day, you know, our phone bills were 4,000 bucks a month. Now you can do all that kind of stuff literally for pennies on the dollar. So yeah, we start just doing marketing now that we knew what all this 
value was there, we started using it and just kind of creating this market. And it's it's just interesting talking about this right now because I'm like, wow, you know, this is what we're totally doing with podcasting and, and growing our podcast these days and, and all these different things is, is building that audience and growing and growing it. And the more you are out there, the more the money comes in, the more you are effective in, in providing your 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 content, the, the further it goes. As I've noticed you say we a few times through here, you know, like like me, I have some assistants who help me out. What was it like? You know, did you do a lot on your own in the beginning? Did you always have support or did you build a team over time to help build up your business? So I guess I'm not telling people I'm also a podcaster as well. It's not my my main income at this point in time, but I've been doing it for two and a half years as well. So I have a podcast called The Five Minute Bark, which is um, an inspirational podcast. But prior to that, I had the Extreme Sports Company. With that, I've learned all this knowledge prior to that I'm now using in um, my podcast itself. I'm now generating income in similar ways that I would do as an athlete because essentially you and I, right, we're, we're in some terms of a way, we're we're acting like an athlete. We're acting like a celebrity by bringing on guests and um, helping them share their message. Um, and then in turn, our audience loves the message. And then therefore, uh, the advertisers love our audiences because they're niched and they want to pay us money. I'm kind of moving up that ladder as you do with business, then you, as you do it as an athlete in my case, and then I did it as a business and now in podcasting. It's a similar practice in each one of the things. You just kind of have to adjust to each one and maybe understand your market right? Understand your market. Right, so do you have a team of assistants that help you through your, your podcast or when you were doing your BMX business? I did in my BMX business. I had many people. Um, in my podcast, I do not have that yet. I'm self-contained. I have all these awesome talents that I've gotten from my prior companies on how to build websites and how to do video and how these things. So I've been doing a lot of the stuff my own. I am starting another company actually here soon. So then my time will be less available. Therefore, I will be now building that team for my podcast. But I really enjoy editing it and kind of doing the videos. It's, it's the fun part. Obviously, the interviews are the funnest part. But uh, it is kind of fun to kind of dig through them and, and create the, the videos around those moments and so on and so forth for my clients. So Yeah, when I started the podcast, if you go back to episode number one and um, the first few episodes, it's very clear that I did them all by myself. And eventually yeah. I did get help. And then I started doing them myself again. And now I have help again. So what's cool about you know doing anything like that online is you mentioned you can do it all yourself. You you can yes. go and register a domain and get a website set up. I actually have a post, we'll have a link in the show notes to how to create a website with your own .com in under five minutes. I did it in four minutes and 58 seconds, I think, in the video. Um, so you can do this and be out there and start building your audience. And you don't need a multi-million dollar budget. You don't have to have the deep pockets of companies like Viacom and Disney, you know, the big multimedia companies that have been doing it for decades. You don't need that anymore. All you need, we were talking right before we started recording, you just need a laptop and a microphone and you can start a podcast or you just need an internet connection and you can have a website. So don't be afraid that you don't have the skills because it's, it's all pretty easy and there's great guides out there. If you know how to use Google, you can build a website. <laughs> you got that right. Yeah, you can build a video, you can build a website, you can build a following it, it, you know, and that all comes back to, you know, if people are looking to profit, it, it's just really being keen to your business and just really paying attention to, to what's going on with everything around that industry and, and learning. 
and growing with it and understanding where your your celebrity base is in it. So whether you're a doctor and or a podcaster or a professional athlete, there is some sort of way you can take advantage of the celebrity status. You could become the top local doctor or the top local real estate agent and utilize that ability to, to share your expert. So you might be an expert in ABC, share that expert and people will then flock to you. And then your prices get increased, your visibility gets increased and the rest is history. So a lot of people are really, really afraid to take advantage of that, that, that opportunity out there. And some of you may be asking, well, I'm not an expert. Well, we're all an expert. Um, Russell Brunson said this. You have to be just a little bit better than somebody else, right, at the first. And I've noticed as I've, you know, worked with this that people will come out and teach you more and you will become more of an expert for free because your audience or your following will help you along in learning uh, what you need to learn. You know, you can ask a question of your audience and they're going to give you the answer. And so now you've got this team working for you to become more of an expert in what you're doing. It's really, really incredible. I love that. And so it reminds me of something a business school professor said to me when I was an undergrad. One of my finance professors said, what I'm about to teach you is maybe the most important thing you'll learn as a finance major. And it's not really all that difficult you know, with your math background, but it's something very few people know how to do. So because you're one of those few people, the many people that don't know how to do it are willing to pay a lot of money for you to do it for them. And that's it's in any industry. It's not just in finance. I was actually just listening to an episode of another podcast where they had an expert on who was the world's expert in succulent plants and how to grow them. And she makes millions of dollars a year being the succulent celebrity. So you can be, you can be the expert in anything and there's a way to make money in it. So, Absolutely. You know, so speaking of making money and, and you know building a business and ha- being that aware of the business around you, what is your plan and where do you want to go next in your podcast and your new business? Well, I'm now two and a half years into it and I'm at actually a point now where I, I've need, I need to, to fine tune and adjust my podcast to kind of have a little more maybe polarity in it, a little more, um, reason for them to like, Hmm, what's next? What's going to happen on this next episode with this next person? So I literally have been working the last few months on kind of where can I take it to the next level? I've got a great professional podcast, as you kind of were talking about before. I'm I'm really big into having the great equipment. So I've got the great equipment. I've got the, you know, the logos in place, the branding. I also am a video podcast as well. So I've got all that kind of branding in place as well. But it's then taking it from that to the curiosity factor. The why can what why am I going to listen to Dennis's podcast another episode or another episode or another episode? So I'm kind of fine-tuning that to make it more more effective in that that polarity area it's great to have these these amazing people on the show but th- there needs to be some sort of extra catch like the episode comes out great but it needs to be like i gotta listen to dennis's next episode i need to get that next instead of oh that was an amazing episode there's no it's like there's an amazing episode but i have to add but God, I gotta catch, I gotta catch one more before I go to bed, or one more before I get into work, you know. So that that little extra edge that kind of takes it to the next level. I think that's something that we're you know every blogger, or podcast, or any kind of online business you run. That's something we all have to think about. That is an important point to hammer home. We all have 
you know, you have a lot of things you could do with your earbuds. You could put them in and listen to this show. You could listen to other shows. You could watch TV. You could read magazine articles. I'm not trying to talk you out of listening. No, please do come back. <laughs> but um, with so many options and opportunities for people out there today uh, for on-demand content and entertainment, it is so important that what you create is useful and interesting and exciting and draws people back. And you know, that's what I'm working on every episode to try to make it a little bit better and a little bit better. Because if we're constantly improving, you know, the, I, I used to say the sky's the limit. But you know, with Elon Musk building spaceships now, the sky isn't the limit. Space is the limit. We can go on forever. Always remember that. We can always improve no matter what we're doing. So if people want to connect with you, Dennis, if they want to learn more, if they want to check what you're doing, where should they go? Yes, um, it's pretty simple. FiveMinuteBark.com. F-I-V-E MinuteBark.com. I believe it's five to the letter number five as well. But FiveMinuteBark.com. Um, you can either search Google or go to that website itself or even go to uh, YouTube or iTunes and find that as well. I- I'm really excited about what I offer. It's a little, you know, a little different than everybody else, but just like you, I listen to other people's podcasts, not even my own. So I'm excited to be listening to yours and everybody else's out there. And, and, you know, you're always looking for something really exciting to listen to or to, to bring you up that day or in your case, increase your profits. Um, I really hope I've kind of helped people understand a little bit about if they find something like to do here today. Um, they want to profit from it. You've got to really take advantage of the celebrity portion because you're doing something great out there. You're, you're adding value to the world, but you have to understand that your dedication to it has value because you now have become an expert. Therefore, utilize that expert in some sort of way that can, you can capitalize on income as well as selling your product or selling your service or so on. So on top of that, capitalize on the expert that you are. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much. And everyone, there will be links to Dennis's uh, YouTube and website in the show notes. So head to personalprofitability.com and we will have that there. Thank you so much, Dennis, for being a part of the show. Oh, this is awesome. Thank you. I'm so happy you gave us an opportunity to come on. Well, I hope you had as much fun listening to that interview as I had recording it with Dennis. He's a fun guy. He's done some really cool things. I love that story. I can just picture myself as a you know high school kid trying to navigate Europe before the age of smartphones. And I mean, that, that just sounds like fun, <laughs> but uh, more fun looking back than fun looking forward. So anyway, please do check out Dennis's site and, uh, and podcast. I'm actually a guest there on an upcoming episode myself. And um, you can look for me at the five minute bark and check out Dennis and everything he's up to. And always, you know, don't just listen to this and forget about what you learned take some actionable steps looking at what dennis did in his journey and try to apply that to your life because that's what profiteering is all about you know we're not criminals we are trick people just trying to make profits in our lives yeah i refer to you guys as profiteers you've probably noticed recently and that's how i think of you that's how i think of the community but if you look up profiteering you know the fbi thinks it's something a little different than what we do but here profiteering is all about a legal way to build your brand make money and live the life you want with your money so please uh, join me in doing that i don't want to ask you to do anything fun today you hear me ask for favors a lot so today this episode is just for you check out the site the show notes dennis's site all that good stuff and until next time stay profitable